We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Iron Network. I am Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Pat and Jason. We're talking about the Bulls in Summer League for the first time this year. The Bulls have played three games so far in Summer League. They are two and one. They beat the Summer Raptors. They lost to the Summer Grizzlies. And last night, as we record this on a Wednesday afternoon, they beat the Summer Sacramento Kings. Uh, so Summer Bulls. Off to a pretty decent start. I'd say their performance has been a mixed bag. We can start with the positives, just in terms of a high-level view. Javon Freeman-Liberty, who is a Chicago native, uh, played his high school ball at Whitney Young, where he won a state championship as a junior with the Dolphins, took them back to the state title game as a senior, then went to Valparaiso, spent two years there, transferred to DePaul, where I believe he was a second-team All-Big East performer as a senior, undrafted free agent. Anyways, that's Javon Freeman-Liberty's life story, but he's been the best player on the Summer Bulls by a mile. After spending last year with the Bulls' G League team, the Windy City Bulls, uh, he's been their most consistent offensive creator. He's been pretty much a knockdown shooter and he could be putting himself in line to earn a spot on the final 15 man roster. Javon Freeman Liberty's stats through three games, Jason averaging 21.3 points per game, shooting 53.7% from the field, making 46.7% of his threes on five attempts a game, making 81% of his free throws on over five attempts per game, five assists, four rebounds, uh, his defense has been pretty impressive. I have always thought of Javon Freeman Liberty as a defense first guard, and his offense has been pretty impressive so far in this uh, short run. On the flip side, someone who has been less impressive would be Dalen Terry, the Bulls' number 18 overall pick last year. 
barely got on the floor for Chicago. I think he played under 300 total minutes on the season. Uh, This should be a big opportunity for him to prove that he deserves a spot in the rotation. And right now, it does not seem like Dalen Terry deserves a spot in the rotation. Through three games, Dalen Terry is averaging 10.3 points per game. He has shot 11 of 42 from the field. Jason, that's 26.6%. He has shot 4 of 14 from three-point range. Jason, that's 28.6%. He's thrown some really nice passes. He looks like he lacks awareness defensively. He has had some skill getting the team going in transition. But in general, the number one rule of thumb for Summer League, Jason, is that second-year players who are first-round picks should look really good. Otherwise, huge red flags pop up, and there should be huge red flags popping up for Dalen Terry after this run in Summer League where he looks borderline unplayable against sub-NBA competition. We can go into Dalen Terry and sort of his spot on this roster moving forward. Uh, but in general, Jason, I always enjoy summer league. People probably think I go there every year. I've never <laughs> been to Vegas for summer league, uh, even though it does seem like the type of event that I would personally enjoy. But I do like watching it on TV, have enjoyed following it uh, throughout this run. And the Bulls summer league team has some more interesting guys than they typically do. Uh, I think between Adama Sonoga, who I really liked as their undrafted free agent this year on a two-way contract, Justin Lewis making his return from injury. You got the rookie Julian Phillips. We'll talk about him more later. He had a really nice game against the Kings. You got Dalen Terry. You got Nate Darling. You got Jonte Porter, who once upon a time I really liked as an NBA draft prospect. Michael Porter Jr.'s brother, right? Michael Porter Jr.'s younger brother. There's at least some interesting guys on this team, Jay. So uh, high level. How do you feel about Summer League in general, and uh, what do you make of these Summer Bowls? So I'm not going to lie. have not been able to watch too closely. Just had a lot of stuff going on, but I've been following around. I've seen uh, seen some highlights. So I'm certainly not going to give you some real in-depth uh, analysis here. I'll leave that to some of the guys who have been in Vegas. We'll pr- maybe we'll try to talk, bring on somebody who's actually in Vegas and some up-close and personal stuff after it's all over. But um, just from afar and from my general observations, I've just kind of looking through the box scores, reading some of the people who have been giving more feedback. Um, yeah, I mean, first of all, I just want to just highlight uh, the summer of DePaul continues with Javon Freeman Liberty. Uh, Max Struess getting a bag. Paul Reed getting kind of a bag. Now Javon Freeman Liberty playing is playing the lights out uh, in summer league for the Bulls. As you mentioned, you put out his stats, shooting the ball well, distributing well, getting to the line, just kind of doing it all for this team. Uh, and it will be interesting to see if he does – I mean, I feel like at this point, he's got to at least get a, a training camp invite, you would think. I mean, you know, I guess you never know. Another team might see him doing this and they like give him a contract. I mean, maybe the Bulls give him a contract. The Bulls still have a few open roster spots. We still don't know what's going to happen with Io Dasunmu. Uh, There have been like some rumors out there about Io. Uh, like the Raptors were kind of tossed out there as like maybe a team. But uh, I mean, they signed Dennis Schroeder and uh, somebody else where I feel like it just like, I can't remember who else they signed. But like it might not make much sense for them to bring. Io, and even though Io seems like a guy like who kind of fits in with the Raptors mold of recent years of uh, just lengthy, athletic or energetic wings who can't shoot for shit, which is also kind of the Bulls mold lately. So, but remember, Io's got that qualifying offer out there. Wouldn't be surprising if he signs it at five million. I mean, I don't, I don't know if the Bulls would actually pull it, but I mean, maybe they would because of like luxury tax stuff. Uh, we know that there are some concerns there. Though they're still at the Bulls. I think they have like 11 or 12 guaranteed contracts right now and they're at like 154 million so it's like 10 million 
or eight and a half million under the luxury tax. So like, we'll see what happens there. Like I said, the IO, an IO $5 million contract would get them pretty close there. And then I think they would still have to fill out a few spots, but I mean, maybe they fill out again, a spot here with John Freeman Liberty, uh, just playing really well at summer league. So that's really nice to see. And just kind of having someone who can actually like organize the offense score, set up other guys. That's nice to see. Uh, you mentioned Sunogo. He had a really nice game yesterday, and I, I loved, I li- really liked the Sunogo pickup when they did it. I mean, he was obviously a beast at UConn. He was with the Final Four most outstanding player. Um, I know he's a guy that maybe doesn't fit in quite the modern NBA, but he, he, you mentioned how he's kind of improved his shooting, his outside shooting. He's just a big, thick dude. Like, he's not that tall, but he's just thick, and like he's gonna work hard on the glass. If he's if he, like if a guy like him is your third center, I'll take him over Marco Simonovic, who I believe. I believe we have not done a podcast since Marco got waived. Holly fucking Marco is off the team. I'm sorry, Marco. This is not personal at all. It's just business, not an NBA player from what we have seen. So like we have complained about it for years, but Marco is no longer on the Chicago Bulls. RIP Marco hours. Uh, They had to do it. Obviously just like he's been a waste of a roster spot for a few years. So maybe Sonogo takes that third center spot. Uh, behind Vooch and Andre Drummond. Like I said, he's certainly played pretty well here so far in summer, so that's good. You mentioned Julian Phillips. Uh, he missed the first game because his contract was not signed. I'm not really sure what was going on there, but uh, the deal, his deal was not signed, but he played the second game. He didn't really do much. I think he only took like one shot. He just didn't really make much of an impact. But yesterday, much bigger impact. I think 16 points. He had all three of his three-pointers. Uh, which obviously that's a big talking point because he did not shoot well at all from three uh, at Tennessee. He was a good free throw shooter, terrible, just jump shooter in general. After like a, it sounded like he, they made some adjustments to his shooting form after, after high school that just like really killed him. Uh, I feel Ricky, was it you? I know. I think Mark was tweeting about it too. Our guy, Mark Karensilis. I think I saw you tweeting about it or maybe this was in our DM chat about Julian Phillips shooting form. Um, I guess we could, let's, we could talk about this right now. Like I said, I was not able to watch this game closely, but your analysis of just kind of how Julian Phillips looked uh, in his shooting yesterday, again, he was three for three, small sample size, like whatever, Got bad shooters have good shooting games sometimes, but uh, very pleasantly surprising to see him knock down all three three-pointers, and I believe he had a few of those like uh, yeah, in the fourth quarter and crunch time and as much pressure you can have as in a summer league game. But what was your your take on kind of Julian Phillips' shooting and just his game in general yesterday. Well, we know that I hated the Julian Phillips pick. When yeah. we did a podcast after that pick, I was basically spiraling, losing <laughs> all the in the Bulls, putting Arturis Karnaschovas on Bozo Watch. Uh, didn't like the pick because I thought that he had basically no translation to offensive utility in the NBA. But Jason, that can change with an improved shooting stroke. And we saw that last night, last night, three for three from deep for Julian Phillips. This is kind of shocking considering at Tennessee, he only made 11 threes the entire season, despite starting 25 games, playing 32 games, playing nearly 800 minutes, only made 11 threes at a 20. Let's see. I got the numbers here somewhere. 23.9% clip is what Julian Phillips did as a college three-point shooter during his one year at Tennessee. Uh, A lot of those misses in college were not even close, and that's what was so troubling. However, he was like an 82% free throw shooter in college, which is typically an encouraging sign for shooting projection. What we saw yesterday, he looked really decisive on his spot-ups, and I think that 
you know, that's like the one area where if he can do that, he can probably get on the floor. Now, I don't think that he's going to be like someone who has real shooting versatility. We know that Julian Phillips, about six, seven, seven foot wingspan, 43 inch vertical jump at the combine. He's a freak athlete. Uh, the shot is a big question. The first thing you'll notice about the shot, Jason, when you watch, he sets his legs so wide apart on his base as he catches the shot, immediately narrows them, goes into the jump shot. So he still has this really weird wide base in summer league that I think will sort of uh, hinder him a little bit in terms of his future shooting versatility. And by that, I mean like running off screens, running off pin downs, uh, just like bending the defense around the perimeter. I don't really think he's going to be able to do that because of how he sets up for his shot. But if he can make the wide open ones, Jason, that would really be a boost for the Bulls who do not have many players on the team who can make the wide open ones. In fact, most players on the Bulls turn down wide open ones so that they can dribble it into either a worse shot or a turnover. That's what really impressed me about Julian Phillips last night when he was getting wide open three pointers. He was just letting it fly, baby. He wasn't second guessing himself. He wasn't dribbling into long twos or trying to get rid of the ball. There was no hesitation. He was shooting it. The shot looked good. The upper body mechanics looked really good. And if he can do that, if he can hit a wide open three pointer, I think that there is a pathway to him potentially being a pretty useful player for the Bulls. The other area he shined last night and should be able to shine in the NBA is on the offensive glass. We know that the Bulls were essentially a league worst offensive rebounding team last year. Part of that was by design. Billy Donovan uh, emphasized getting the guys back in transition to help their transition defense. That's part of the reason why the Bulls finished number five in defensive efficiency as a team last season. Uh, but they could really improve the offense a little bit, which I believe the Bulls were 24th in offensive efficiency by hitting the offensive glass, getting some extra possessions. And Julian Phillips should be able to do that. Super bouncy, as we've talked about, really long, can high point the ball and can get off the floor quickly, both for rebounds and put back dunk. So he had a few of those last night, too. I think that that is encouraging. Uh, the Derek Jones Jr. comp was made by a lot of people when the Bulls drafted him. I do think that he could, you know, that that's like not a bad comp, really. Derek Jones was mostly playing the four and the five, despite being wing-sized. Julian Phillips, a little bit bigger. Uh I think that he's probably going to be used more as a wing stopper than a rim protector, which is how Billy Donovan chose to use Derek Jones Jr. But hopefully the jump shot is a little uh, a little ahead of DJJ. And, uh, you know, hopefully the defense can be as promising as Arturis Karnaschovas thinks it is. Because on the night Julian Phillips was drafted, Arturis said we know that he can come in and defend at an NBA level right away. So, uh I was pretty encouraged by Julian Phillips. I hated the pick. I thought it was brutal. I thought it was a terrible process, but I would love a good result, and I would love nothing more than to eat crow on that. So, you know, just watching him off this one game because he didn't do much in his debut, I thought Julian Phillips looked really good, and hey, we'll take it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. We'll absolutely take it, especially because, as you kind of mentioned here, Dalen, Dalen has been rough. Uh, and, I mean, I feel like you'd – you do wonder here without the roster shapes out, we will see like, will it kind of come down to Dale and Terry versus Julian Phillips as a rotation player possibly. And like that three point shooting could be a swing there. Like if Phillips actually can shoot decently, like the way Terry is playing offensively is just rough. Like Dalen, 
he's a good vibes guy. He like does a lot of stuff, like very active. And we even saw it in the few minutes he played last year. He like he he runs out there and he's just like all over the place. Of course, it doesn't mean that's a good thing. It was like you can be all over the place in a bad way. And like we have seen a lot of all over the place in a bad way from Dale and Terry. Uh he's not shooting well. He's, we know his three-point shot needs a lot of work, but he's also just really struggling inside the paint. I mean, the guy is shooting, I think, better from three than from two in summer league. I think he's mentioned he's like 28% from three, but then he's 26% overall, getting blocked at the rim, turning the ball over. And as you mentioned, like he can be a pretty creative passer at times, and there's some good stuff there with the playmaking. But uh, if you can't shoot, you can't finish. Like That playmaking will not matter against an actual NBA defense. So it's just like... And Dalen, whatever, and defensively, I know you and like our guy Kevin Farragan uh, has complained about just like his uh, the awareness, like you said, just not being in the right places. So like whatever, you can try as hard as you want, but like if you're just not playing team defense soundly and you're making mistakes, like that that just erases all the good stuff you might do by like getting deflections or anything like that. But obviously, just the big problem is the offense. I mean, the, we know the Bulls need need better offensive players and just more whatever guys who can make shots and all that. And right now, Dylan Terry is not a guy who can make shots and he's bad pretty much from everywhere. So like, so they, again, like if you can't do that, then like, even though you can't add, like leverage any of that into his playmaking. So like it is to be a second year guy really struggling like this with his efficiency uh, in summer league is, is definitely a huge red flag. I am not going to bail on Dale and Terry, but it's just kind of hard to see his pathway to minutes right now without him just getting much, much better. And, from what we've seen so far, just like he was kind of raw coming out of Arizona. He barely played last year. And now, like putting forth this performance in summer league, it's just like he's just gonna have to show so much more. And it's just like very, very skeptical about him as an NBA player. Uh, again, guys develop at different rates. Development is not linear, but um, when you're struggling this much in summer league in year two, it is not a great sign. <laughs> Dude, it's a it's a really, really bad sign how rough Dalen Terry looks in summer league right now. And his biggest problem is the same thing I was talking about when they drafted him. And I liked the pick. I thought that, you know, you could see the strengths that he has as a player. Super long, really good passer for a size. Like, I think he's a 7-2 wingspan guy. So he's like almost ha- is as long as a center, potentially playing a guard role in the NBA. Uh, pretty good frame in general. Very impressive passer. He threw a lot of like wildly good passes in what was otherwise a pretty terrible game for him yesterday against Sacramento. He threw one beautiful transition bounce pass that was perfectly placed for a layup. He threw a couple skip passes to the corner that were beautiful. He can really pass. There's no doubt about that. But the issue with Dalen Terry, as has always been the issue with Dalen Terry, is that he has no avenue towards scoring in the half court. When he gets the ball, it's just like, well, how's he going to score? He's not going to. He's just hunting his next pass as soon as he touches the ball. He is not pressuring the opposing defense as a scorer whatsoever. This is because he can't really get to and finish at the rim. He has no pull-up game in terms of threatening the defense with a pull-up jumper, and he has no spot-up jumper to threaten the defense when the ball swings to him. So he just can't score. And when you can't score, that's pretty bad, Jason, Uh, especially when you're a top 20 pick in your second year going against summer league guys. So uh, that's just what jumps out about Terry to me. He just has no way to score the ball. Like I said, he's 11 for 42, 26% from the field so far. Uh, He just needs to figure out some way to pressure the defense, whatever that is, because 
I do believe his passing is really impressive. I believe that he could help the team and get out more in transition where the Bulls were really stagnant last year without Lonzo. Yeah. And for him to get on the floor, he's going to need to be a more attentive defensive player. Like right now, he's all frantic energy, but he's not very aware. Uh, he got cut back door a couple times uh, last night against Sacramento. He just seems like, you know, he, he's not like fully dialed in mentally in terms of where he's supposed to be on the rotations for his assignments. As a one-on-one defender, he's pretty good because he's so long. He has a pretty strong chest. Uh, but off the ball, I think he's still a major liability. And then offensively, it's like, okay, what he can do right now is handle the ball and pass the ball. But that's not what the Bulls need. The Bulls need someone who can space the floor around DeMar DeRozan, Nikola Vucevic, and Zach Levine. They need somebody who can knock down an open jump shot. Or they need someone who can at least like put pressure on the rim. And he can't do any of those things offensively. Uh, when I watch him in summer league, when I've watched him throughout his career and he has the ball, I just think, okay, all he's doing is like looking for his next pass. He's not even attempting to score because he has no avenue towards scoring. So rough stuff for Dalen Terry right now. I think the Bulls are an especially bad fit for him in terms of uh, what's on the roster currently. Like hypothetically, if he was on a team with a ton of shooting and he could play with the ball in his hands and sling passes, get out and transition Maybe Dalen Terry could cut it in the NBA, but on the Bulls, a team that has three high usage offensive stars, you need your role players to complement those guys. Dalen Terry does not appear that he has the skill set right now to do that. And honestly, he looks like unplayable in summer league. So I'm like very low on Dalen Terry at the moment. Nobody has a bigger gap between their vibes and their production than he does. (laughs) Uh, and you know, we'll see how it goes, man. I'm rooting for him. I would love to see him turn into a good pick, but it's really disappointing because Arturis Karnaschovas has burned so many draft picks in trades. Uh, now he burned a draft pick that he used in the top 20 to take a guy who can't even play in summer league as a second year player. That is a grim place to be, Jason. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Yeah, not great. Yeah, I mean, just looking at the Bulls roster and rotation, it's just like hard to see him really breaking in without just like a huge, huge surge, huge leap and whatever skill development. Like I said, maybe it happens. If there are injuries, maybe he's able to step in and play really well. Uh, but yeah, right now, just like I, he seems just like the if the Bulls need a spark of energy, Dale and Terry comes in for a few minutes, runs around, and then maybe like that's about it. Uh, but we'll see. Again, not going to totally just like nuke the guy and bury him uh, in year two summer league. But as you mentioned, just red flags abound. Doesn't look too great. Um, anyone else? I mean, you mentioned a couple other names. Was it Darling? A bit of a shooter. Where? What's his story? Nate Darling, baby. He's looked really good for the Bulls in summer league through three games. He's taken 6.3 three-point attempts per game, making them at a 42% clip. Uh, Nate Darling is a 24-year-old, 6'5", 6'6", guard, decent frame of about 210 pounds, uh, played at Delaware most recently in college. I believe he started his college career at UAB. And he has played seven NBA games with the Charlotte Hornets during the 2020-2021 season. Uh, He's just a pure shooter. He could be in like the Matt Thomas designated shooter role, but is a little bit bigger, might have a little bit more versatility. And it was pretty nice last night. In the second half of that game, the Bulls were ripping three-pointers. And it was Nate Darling doing a lot of that shooting. So, you know, the Bulls have put themselves in a position where if they do bring back Io, they probably need to sign the absolute most minimum, minimum contracts available to stay under the luxury tax. And Darling is a guy who uh, only has seven games of NBA service. He could be someone on the roster. And shout out to our bud, Kevin Farrigan, who immediately identified Darling as a nice pickup when the Bulls got him from the Clippers summer league team last season, uh, where he put up a nice run in summer league. So I'm all about Darling making this team, actually. Like, they should have one guy who's a designated shooter. He's not too small for a designated shooter, 6'5", 6'6". And it looks like he is a really steady, confident, quick release. So I'd like to see Nate Darling make the 15-man roster. I would like to see Javon Freeman Liberty make the 15-man roster, I think. Uh, We could talk a little bit more about him later. And then, you know, that other spot, is it going to go to Terry Taylor? Is it going to go? I think they would have... Io and then three spots. Is that totally sh- Let me look at the roster again. Right now they got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, and then plus Phillips is twelve. If they have Io, they have two more spots after that because they have, they also have Carlic Jones with non guaranteed money. I'm sure Carlic Jones will be in camp. That'd be G League MVP Carlic Jones. I don't know if he's going to get a guaranteed deal, but right now we have Zach Demar. They still have Lonzo there. Uh, and we'll see what happens. I think they did give an update on the that exception that they haven't made a decision yet on the de- disabled player exception. Again, I don't would not expect them to use that anytime soon, just with those luxury tax concerns. But Zach Demar, Lonzo Vooch, Kobe, Pat Williams, Alex Crusoe, Javon Carter, Andre Drummond, Dale and Terry, Tory Craig, Julian Phillips. That is twelve. And then you have Io still out there. They have Carly Jones with this not with this non guaranteed money. His guarantee date is like way down the line. There's like a partial guarantee date and then full guarantee date way down the line. So I'm sure he'll come to camp. Uh, so there's like a couple spots there. Uh, like I said, if Io's back, that's 13. Um, and then so whatever you have Freeman Liberty, you have whatever Nate Darling. Will they if they just kind of use those then those two as like cheap options? Probably sneak in under the tax. Then they certainly probably could. They do still have room left with their mid-level exception. They still what have a biannual exception. 
Jason. I think he's a two-way guy. I've been confused about their two-way situation. They signed Sonogo to a two-way contract. I believe Justin Lewis is probably going to be a two-way guy. Justin Lewis uh, has not looked very good. He's coming off an ACL. Not surprising right. that he's not doing that great uh, so far. But, uh, yeah, so Terry Taylor, Sonogo, Justin Lewis, I think, might be their three two-way guys. I don't know if they have somebody else. There were the reports that they signed that, like, Turkish dude, I think. But I have no idea. I mean, he's not on the Summer League team, I don't think. Uh, I don't know if that was actually confirmed, if that's actually a thing. So I think there's still maybe some work to be done. I mean, they can bring, what, 20-some guys to to camp. So, like, uh, there's still obviously some training camp, like non-guaranteed deals or, like, those Exhibit 10s, whatever they call those, that they can give to guys. They can come to camp and maybe they can earn uh, guaranteed money. So uh, certainly at least, at the very least, Javon Freeman-Liberty, Nate Darling, seems like guys they should bring to camp as long as some other team doesn't like steal them away with guaranteed money or the bulls will give them guaranteed contracts. If they really like I said, that would be the MO. Like they're probably going to be cheap, but you give them like guaranteed minimum deals. You'll slide it under the luxury tax and like, and that'll be that. And I'm actually okay with that. If it's darling and Freeman Liberty, I wanted it to be Justin Lewis, but like you said, uh, he just hasn't looked good yet. I think only 10 months after the ACL tear. I don't know. Surprising timeline on the ACL tear, but, uh, Seems like he's probably more suited for a two-way. Two, that's that's perfect. Yeah. His situation, I feel like, it's a perfect two-way situation. Let him come back slowly in the G League, and then maybe he gets he gets called up. You obviously get they get that certain amount of time. And now that you get three two-way contracts, that's kind of nice to have some extra flexibility that way. Yeah, I love the third two-way contract. That is nice. Uh, and you know, Darling could just be a shooter, like a very cheap shooter, with decent size. So keep him. And then I really like Freeman Liberty. He's someone who I knew about you know, is a local high school player yeah. because he was like the best high school player in the city right there with uh, DJ Stewart, former, uh, I think, Whitney Young Garden. He's also had a really nice run in summer league. Stewart has after spending one year at Duke a couple of years ago. But, you know, I think when I look at guys, if you have above a two and a half percent steal rate, that's usually a pretty good sign. Javon Freeman Liberty is a freshman at Valpo, three and a half percent steal rate, is a sophomore at Valpo, 3.8 percent steal rate, then goes to DePaul, puts up 2.7 percent steal rate, 2.8 percent steal rate. Those are all very impressive numbers. And for a guy who was supposed to be sort of a defense first guard at six foot four, 180 pounds, he's actually got a pretty solid bag of scoring tricks Uh, at DePaul, his per 40 minute numbers. 18 points a game as a junior, 24.8 points per game as a senior. And then in the G League, I don't have his G League numbers up in front of me, but I know that he had a stretch last year in the G League where he was just absolutely torching the net. So he was averaging like, you know, 35 points a game for a five-game stretch or something like that. Uh, still only 25 years old, uh, 23 years old. He's about to turn 24 uh, in October. So G League stats are weird because there's regular season stats and then there's showcase game stats. But his regular season stats in the G League, 18.4 points per game, 50% shooting from the field, 37.6% shooting from three on five attempts per game, three assists. So one thing I was thinking with the Bulls, if uh, one of the big three misses any like serious amount of time, the Bulls just do not have a lot of guys who can get a bucket yep. outside of the three best players. Kobe right. White is obviously one of those guys, but I think Kobe's best usage is as a shooter more so than an offensive creator. I mean, honestly, let Kobe spread his wings. It's his fourth year. Like, you know, if 
DeRozan or Dean gets hurt for a while, why not let Kobe shoot? Because we know that he can score in bunches uh, when he gets going. Let's see if he's grown as a creator with the ball in his hands at all. But it would be nice to have a guy who can get a bucket on the deep bench. And I think Freeman Liberty can get a bucket. I don't think that he's like a great fit next to DeMar, Vooch, and Zach. I think that uh, Nate Darling would probably be a better fit just as a guy who can be a pure shooter. But Freeman Liberty uh, is a tough, long defender who also has like some scoring tricks he can go to. He can drive the ball to the basket. He can finish. He looked pretty good on the pull-up jumper from mid-range. His spot-up jumper from three looked good. So I would like to see him make the team. I think it would be a really cool story from a guy who uh, you know, was playing at Valpo. That's pretty low major basketball to start his career. Goes to the Big East, shined at DePaul, and then basically grinded his way to an opportunity through the G League with the Bulls. So I think that would be an awesome story for a local guy with Javon Carter and uh, Javon Freeman Liberty. I think the Bulls can absolutely win a super sectional championship next year (laughs) uh, in the Illinois State playoffs. So that might be the one thing they can look forward to, hang a banner. Um, But yeah, I really like Freeman Liberty and uh, I I hope he makes a team. Yeah, we will see. you have any other names out there? We could probably wrap it up here if you don't have it. I don't have any, like I said, deep bench guys that I'm well, looking Jace, at. For the did, you, uh, did you catch the AK interview? I did not. God, it was pathetic. It was so horrible. <laughs> As always, like, the dude is just such a dud. Whenever he tries to explain whatever his vision is, his vision clearly lacks any form of ambition. And, you know, he was basically just playing the hits yesterday. He once again touted the Bulls record at the end of the year with Patrick Beverly oh, on the boy. Team. Like, okay, dude, no one else was really trying during that time, but you can keep saying we closed the season 11 and nine. Uh, so that was 14 and nine, dude. That, 14, 14 and nine. Sorry. He <laughs> said that the team played well against good teams last year. Well, the Bulls were 21 and 30 against teams that finished above 500. <laughs> but I don't know if that's exactly true. That stat comes via Will Gottlieb, uh, who passed that along to us privately earlier today. And, uh, you know, AK, he just said he, he wants the team to be a tough out. That's what we want in Chicago. We want to be a tough out. That is so fucking pathetic, dude. You want to be a tough out? You're one of the glamour markets in the NBA. You should be consistently competing for championships. You should be always thinking about putting yourself on a path to be competitive. And that is where Artunas Karnaschovas fails, Jason. He does not understand the definition of competitive. Artunas believes to compete means to compete for making the playoffs, not to compete for perhaps one day winning the championship. And I'm not a fan with a championship or bust mindset, really. Right. But you want to at least have some hope to be on a path to one day put yourself in a position to be a team that competes for a championship, if not like the odds on favorite for it. And the Bulls, of course, have zero percent championship equity now or any time in the future. And that is because of Arturis's sterling leadership, where he just wants the team to make the playoffs every year without paying the luxury tax. That's what would make his bosses happy. And uh, Jason, he just, I haven't, I liked the Bulls free agency. I liked getting Javon yeah. Carter and I liked getting Tory Craig. I thought that was solid. Uh, but man, when you I mean, it's a, a, it's a bare minimum. It's still like a bare, I don't want to say bare minimum. I've, I'm like pleasantly surprised they were able to like snag those guys away from the team. And that's from Milwaukee. That's from Phoenix. Pretty nice moves, but it still is like a bare minimum free agency where you sign a couple nice role guys. They've had still 
they don't ever make they still don't make trades and like you could say well who are they going to trade but uh but still like they if they they've signed two nice role guys and like that's it's a nice free agency but like that's kind of like what the, the Thad Young like Sato and like whatever that was like they're signing a few nice role guys like they still haven't done very much besides that and like I said I'm not going to complain again but I think Javon Carter and Tory Craig were guys we identified as players they should go after I'm pleasantly surprised that they were able to snag them away from their uh, other teams uh, because those other teams are bigger contenders uh, possibly because of just like money issues and roster issues with those other teams but still they're coming to Chicago so that's great uh, I'm glad that they're coming but they still have like a had like a like basically just, you're this is what you're doing you're doing your job you're signing a couple nice role players and like that's it so we'll see uh the Bulls should be they, I think they should make the Bulls a better team how much better We'll see. Again, we've talked about the injury stuff. Will they be able to stay healthy again like this and then also still improve a lot? We'll see. I don't know. Uh, but I don't want to complain too much here. Like I said, the Summer Bulls have looked pretty good outside Dalen. Uh, it's the off season now. We'll try to talk ourselves into the Bulls being better uh, next season. But um, yeah, otherwise, yeah, AK, AK just like has AK's press conferences give you nothing. There's They're low energy. Uh, so it's, they're almost like not even worth the watching, but whatever. Do you have any final thoughts, Ricky? Not really. Bulls got one summer league yep. game left. Most likely, uh, they, to get a fifth summer league game, they would basically need to win by a lot because the top four teams in summer league make it to, the, to the playoffs and the tie break is point differential. So the bulls are two and one, but yeah, I think a lot has to happen. Yeah. The, like there's like four or five teams still undefeated uh, and the Bulls and like there's some teams with monster point differentials. The Bulls point differential is only 3.3 right now. So they'd have to win by a lot. And I think have multiple teams lose probably by like a lot. So probably just the one game left. And that's against Cleveland. Right. I believe Cleveland is actually one of those undefeated, undefeated. teams. Um, right. It is Cleveland. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Cleveland is three, you know, with the la- largest point differential in uh summer league right now at 16.7 uh so i guess if the bulls like blew them out maybe that would give them a good chance of getting to that extra game right now like i said it's looks like a long shot but uh we'll see uh so that game is tomorrow i believe at 2 p.m central time i think it's in the afternoon so like last night's game was super late but today was or tomorrow's game is early in the afternoon i'll actually i'll definitely watch all of that one so it'll be good to actually watch a full game so that'll be nice but uh yeah so i think we could wrap it up here ricky we're good That's all i got Jason. all right man well this has been Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. As always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network. Obviously, with Summer League going on, tons of great uh, NBA Summer League coverage all across Blue Wire. And, of course, just all the other great coverage, Blue Wire with NBA Free Agency, with all the other sports all across the network that we cover. Tons of great podcasts all at Blue Wire. For us here at Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast, please rate and review us. Give us those five-star ratings. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. You should be able to find us. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore J. You can follow Ricky at SB underscore Ricky. I have gone on threads as well, but I haven't been on there since I signed up like a week ago. Uh, not a fan so far, but we'll see. I'm still mostly on Twitter. Uh, still following all the guys that are on there. So that's going to do it for us on this episode of Cash Considerations, HGAO Bulls Podcast. We'll talk to you next time, uh, probably sometime next week after the Bulls finish up Summer League, and we'll see if there's any other moves in the future. Take it easy.